Trash. Trash. Welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Fabiana Clare. Dr. Fabiana is a fantastic business strategist for musician and an incredible pianist on her own on her own right. Uh, she is uh, I, well. She was just a wonderful, wonderful spirit to talk to. I had such a great conversation with her. I um. I, I want you all to go and check out her website. It's FabianaClare.com, and that's F-A-B-I-N-A. Oh, my gosh. Let me start that over. F-A-B-I-A-N-A-C-L-A-U-R-E.com. And if you go there right now, you can sign up to get a free 75-minute guide to packaging your skills into a profitable online music business. Uh, and this is what it says on her website. And, and just listening to her talk, you're going to find out that she means business. She's, she's real. She's the real deal. Uh, she wants to free up your time, exponentially increase your income, expand the impact of your work on a global scale, and integrate your artistic side into your business so you no longer have to compromise passion for profit. And, and we all know this as musicians. We are pulled in so many different directions. Our hustle game is, is all over the place. And it, 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 by the end of the day, you're worn out and you're, you're tired and you barely have any energy to invest in your talent and your skills and what you actually love doing, whether it's playing piano, singing, whatever it is, you find yourself sort of, uh, uh, you know, emptied on these different projects that you, we have to hustle to pay the bills. So, a uh, very awesome guest today, and I really love her spiritual spirit. How she incorporates spirituality into it, not like you know, not you know, religion. I'm saying like uh, self love and and self respect. You know, I, I I think those are huge parts of being an entrepreneur in this business. You have to know your worth. You have to know your worth. So. Uh, a great, great guest, and I am so excited to share this podcast with you. Dr. Fabiana is coming up here shortly, but first, go to reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go check out what she's doing over there. She streams on Twitch as well at twitch.tv slash Raina Mystique, you can catch her on most weeks, uh, Mondays through Thursdays, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m.-ish Eastern Standard Time. Uh, speaking of Twitch, you can come on over to my Twitch channel, of course, twitch.tv slash WeSpeakEnglishGood. Come be a part of the conversation. You guys have been hearing for the last couple of years how uh, I'm doing the, you know, we're incorporating chat. We're taking questions from you guys. Come be a part of the live show. It's a great time. If you like the audio side, you're going to love the live stream. There's so much more content that you guys are missing by not being a part of the live stream. Come be a part of it. Right now, April is kind of a weird month for me. I'm trying to figure out a schedule that works. So, you know, just uh, bear with me, but just... 
click on there and click on that link in the show notes and make sure you go ahead and uh, check it out. I also want you guys to uh, to know that the Fab- Dr. Fabiana's links are in the show notes as well. So please go and support Dr. Fabiana. It's uh, it's, it'll be, it's definitely worth your time as musicians. I know we got a lot of musicians in this audience. So please do go and check her out as well. Uh, you can like, subscribe, review, like us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, God, I don't know why I even say Facebook anymore. I freaking hate Facebook, but Twitter, we're on all of it. Rumble, we're on Rumble. <laughs> uh, go and get some. Go like us on all the platforms. The links are in the show notes, of course. You can also subscribe to our uh, subscribe to us on Apple iTunes or follow us on Spotify. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and on Twitch. You can also leave a review. Now, this is a very helpful free thing you can do for the show. Go to Apple iTunes, write a review, leave us a five star. If you think we deserve it, uh, write something down. We'll read it on air if you want. Uh, you can also... F- leave a review for us on spotify which is very helpful again these are very helpful easy things all you gotta do is hit that little star thing and hit five stars and boom you're off to the races so please do go ahead and leave those reviews if you want to support the show monetarily go to our we speak english good.threadless.com store and buy some shit it's good times over there we got some uh, shirts and some mugs and some iPhone covers and such. So go get yourself some of that good stuff over there. <coughs> I'm leaving that in there. You got to know that I give my voice to you. I give it to you. Okay. That, that's weird. Anywho. <laughs> Uh, what else do we got on the docket here? You can write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. We always love hearing back from you guys. And, and, and you know, it's always good to hear feedback. So much love in all that department. And uh, that that's about it. On Friday, our audio release, we have uh, Morgan J, who is a comedian and a musician. And just he's blowing up right now. He, he absolutely is blowing up. He has a special out. He's he's killing it on TikTok. He's just traveling the country. He's doing corporate events. He's doing colleges. He is a fantastically talented uh, uh, young comedian who's up and coming, who's just absolutely murdering the scene right now in Hollywood. So I'm very excited to share that podcast with you on Friday. But for now, let's put our hands together and welcome this week's guest, Dr. Fabiana Clare. How do you how do you say your full name? Fabiana Clore. Clore. Hey, Clore. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I don't know what I said. I think I said Clower. It's, it's this, fine. No it's, worries. It's this American tongue. I, there's nothing I can do about it, but uh, I, I try. I try. Where, where are you from? Where are you originally from? Well, that's always an interesting question because I was born in the United States in Chicago. My parents are from Bolivia and I grew up in different parts of the world, mainly in the U.S., Bolivia, and also in Cuba. Oh, okay, okay. So, uh, do you do you speak Spanish then? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, wait, a second. how many languages do you know? 
I feel like you know, Only like, two. oh, okay. I feel I like... a little in French while I'm in college, but I'm mainly bilingual, Spanish and English. Yes. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, so I, I, I just, um, I don't, it, it's hard to even know where to start, but why don't we start by, <laughs> why don't we just start by what, what you do and, and, uh, yeah, let's just start with that. What, what do you do? Um, uh, please go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm a pianist and a business strategist for musicians. I'm the founder and CEO of the Musicians Profit Umbrella. It's a global business mentorship program that helps musicians and creatives optimize their businesses by unifying all the things they do into one strong brand that allows them to elevate their positioning in the market, raise their prices while also winning back their time so that they can put family first, so that they can infuse their artistry into the work that they do and not feel that they have to choose between passion or profit. Mm, no, that was very concise. Thank you. <laughs> Hold on. Tune into this one for a reason. Yes. Yes. Immortal. Again, if you have Doja Cat needs y'all, <laughs> you better stop. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, immortal. If you have any questions, please drop them in. Um, so, so let's, let's just start with, uh, uh a, a gigging musician who, you know, as, as you know, um, and, and, and I come from the world of like playing in bars, doing studio work, uh, that world. I, I don't come from the classical music realm, but, but I do, I, I you know, I, I, I'm a hired gun. I'll play piano, keys, bass, f any given night. Uh, you know, uh, how, how does one, uh, who, uh, a musician who does wear all these different hats, who uh, because because the music industry is very fickle, I suppose, uh, and it's kind of hard to just do one thing all the time, which people do it all the time. But but for the most part, most musicians are teaching lessons. They're 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 they're. I mean, they might have a day job too to supplement income. How do uh, how do you start if someone comes to you who's a who's a who's a, a anxious wreck like me, who's like Fabiana? I just need my time back. How how do you start? Uh, and how, how does one go about, you know, um, you know, consolidating time and, and, you know, and, and, and figuring out how to, um, you know, make, make more money and, and, uh, and do less, I guess. Absolutely. That's a great question. And it's something that I work with all the time in the, in the work that I do coaching musicians, there's a fundamental paradigm shift that I always enjoy helping musicians discover because I had to discover this for my own career, mm. which is we need to stop exchange, exchanging time for money. We need to stop basing our income solely on the amount of time we are spending delivering the work that we do, either teaching or serving or you know coaching or performing. The first thing we do is look at how we can package our skills and create a simplified brand that helps people understand exactly what we do and not confuse people with 10 different things. So it's stepping back and really looking at how to unite your skills into a consolidated brand where it's very clear to people what you do, how you help them and why they should contact you. Right. Hmm. And then in that process, we shift from charging hourly for what we've been doing to packaging it based on a high ticket price point, meaning shifting from 
the low ticket price points into the high ticket price points. Why? Because instead of just saying, I'm going to meet with you for half an hour a week, or I'm going to go and show up and play in this gig for two hours, we're now presenting people an online transformation opportunity, and we're selling a specific result. We're not selling how much time people need to spend with us. So we tell people, if you want to work with me, these are the types of outcomes I can help you achieve. These are some examples of results that other people have achieved through my guidance, right? And here's what it would look like to, to work with me in this way, whether we meet once a week or whether we meet in a group setting, it doesn't really matter because what people are going to pay for, Mike, is the outcome, not the process. So there's two fundamental things that are, is what I just said is, first of all, is not confusing people with so many things that we're doing and shifting into consolidating it into a simple, clear and concise brand. You want to make sure that people see you as a category in of itself, where people understand you are this one specialist that has this superpower. Now, mind you, this doesn't mean you're only going to do one thing. I'm very aware that we all are the result of many different experiences and having had to overcome different obstacles. However, you can't be everything for everyone. You need to consolidate it, right? So when you're able to elevate that positioning of your work and create a very clear brand, then the next step is to shift from charging hourly in being in this time versus money trap and now start packaging your work and creating specific results and outcomes so that people want to work with you because of those outcomes. Now, um, I, I, I like what you're saying, uh, but I'm just not sure how that's applied to someone like me. Is, do you have any like um, examples of past clients of yours that you could sort of map out for us and, and give us a, 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 I mean, a, a maybe a, a clear picture of or a clear example of, of what you're talking about here? Yes, absolutely. So let me give you my example, okay? Sure, sure. I'm a musician and I am also a business strategist. And until last year, I was a full-time university educator, right? And so for a long time, I struggled to practice, to find reasons to continue performing because I didn't see the relationship between all the other things that I was doing. I run a music school halfway across the country that runs on its own while I live in Texas. I'm a mother of two boys, you know, and a wife. And I had so many different things going on. And my artistry, the thing that, you know, as you know, is, is at the core of my being, is part of my identity being a pianist. I didn't see how to fit it because I felt like I had so many competing priorities. Mm. It was only when I took a step back and I consolidated everything that I am into this musician's profit umbrella brand that I mm. now have that I discovered that actually everything that I do as a pianist, whether I perform at a venue, I just performed a concert last month in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, you know, where my husband and I went and traveled and played and we loved being on stage. We loved connecting with live audiences, but our income does not depend on that. Yeah. We build a united online brand, right? And I have my online program that allows people to come to me and work with me because of everything I know, including music, but not limiting myself to music. And so there, I, I, therefore, I can afford to choose which creative projects I become involved in, whether it's releasing an album, whether it's performing on this and that venue, because they feed into my larger brand. I'm a musician and a business strategist, and my clients are musicians. So they want to see that I, I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk. You, don't know, you know what I mean? I so all of a sudden, it all comes together. But how? It becomes together because it feeds into my brand. 
It doesn't depend on the income just on how much I get paid in this or that venue. Does that help? It does help a little bit. Um, it, so like for, for me, exam, for, for example, me or myself, geez, Louise, today, um, today I am really speaking English good. Um, so <laughs> excuse me. Uh, it, like, so for instance, I do a lot of different work. I do consulting work. I do um, I do uh, videography, which is, it doesn't have really anything to do with music, but it's a creative outlet. Uh, I do uh, I, I do uh, editing, video editing. I do music editing. I do producing. I, I do writing, songwriting. Um, you know, I do live gigging. I do this podcast. Uh, I you know like. I'd stream it, there is there's so much to juggle and now because of the pandemic um i live in a smaller market for mu live music so i don't really have that same opportunities i had at the beginning when i first moved back to ohio because i was living in southern california which really bugs me when i see all my friends are all gigging again and they're all making money again even though they're all wearing masks or whatever but like <laughs> it's very funny but it but it's like um Nothing against mass folks. Wasn't trying to go there, uh, but the but you don't know, like. It, but in this smaller market where I'm at in Toledo, Ohio, um, the gigs aren't there, or they're not paying like they used to, uh, or they only want you know an acoustic soloist because they can only afford to pay an acoustic soloist. Bands are reducing. Um, so when you would take a look at me, you know and. Uh, what would be a good start in what you're saying here in, in the consolidation of, of all the yeah. things I do? That's a great question. And you actually have a lot going for you <laughs> precisely because of all of these things, even though it's not in the way you would want it to be in terms of live venues and right. live performance opportunities, all of those skill sets that you've created allow you to have a unique way to help other musicians who need to create their own platforms. Your podcast is rating among the top 100 podcasts in the world. You have more than a million downloads. You've built a platform through the combination of all of these skills that has allowed you to create a source of income, to build a brand, and to create visibility in the marketplace as a creative, right, as a multifaceted creative. And so, this in, of, in and of itself is a marketable skill. You see, most of the times our clients don't realize they're sitting on a gold mine because they just take for granted the skills they've been able to develop and just do them for themselves without realizing that other people would gladly pay to access your expertise, combining all of this experience. In other words, what I see for someone like you, if you were to come to me and work with me, the first thing we would do would be help you consolidate what is your true expertise? What do you really feel you can help people fix? What is a problem that you see perhaps among fellow musicians in the world that struggle to learn how to build a brand, that struggle to learn how to create an online platform? I mean, the fact that you've got all of this technology in this conversation today is absolutely outstanding. You know, I've never done a podcast interview that has the live telecast plus all these things. And, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I do lots of podcast interviews. Mm. So, this in and of itself that for you has become second nature, right? It's like, yeah, I, I do this. People would gladly pay to access your expertise. If you were to now say, what if I were to consolidate all of this work and build a way for people to work with me and to access my expertise as it relates to producing, as it relates to songwriting, as it relates to creating these types of communication platforms, podcasts, all of this all you're doing is giving people an opportunity to access your brilliance. That's really mm. all it is. So that that becomes your main umbrella. That becomes your income stream. 
You can have a variety of price points, different offers, one-on-ones, groups. You can decide, right? This is something that we do in the work that we do. We help them figure out the best strategy, the best framework. But essentially, you have one of the most important assets, which is an audience. You can't build anything if you don't have an audience, right? And you have capitalized and you've learned how to build an audience. And so you can literally sell whatever you want at this point because you have a captive market. You have people who have you know, created that trust in you who could see you as a thought leader in a you know, in a certain topic and who would follow your, your leadership in whatever direction you want to take them. And now this would allow you the flexibility to be able to choose which performances you want to take. Why would the performance side still be relevant to this? Well, guess what? Most likely you being a musician and a creative, who are you going to draw to your world, to your to your offer, to your consulting? Let's look at it as a consulting package, mm. but not a random one-off consulting thing, but more like a comprehensive program that would attract fellow people. Think about where you were five years ago and whether or not you would have paid yourself, if you would have paid mm. someone like you to guide you into developing all of these things that you've created. You probably would have been very happy to invest in that type of guidance because you're trying to put, put all these things together And you now have this bucket of experience in one of the most important skills, which is audience development, you know? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that does, that does help. Um, Now I have uh, someone in, uh, in, in chat who is also a record label runner. Uh, He's also a rapper and he's trying to manage all these different uh, hats that he has to wear. And I believe he still has a day job. You know, how would you go about, I mean, something as abstract uh, when you think about what a record label is and what, what it does, um, you know, it, it, could, it could span over a myriad of different things. What, what would you say to that person that, that w- who's still like trying to figure out how they're launching their, their record label, how they're, you know, they got artist development, they're trying to push different artists, they got different realms that are that uh that they're trying to break into um i i you know like just just because he's here it's another example i'm sorry it's just he's here so i just thought it would be interesting you know to sort of go over something like that uh where would you start with someone like him yeah well the first thing is i'm a fan of the online space okay Mm -hmm. i'm the i'm a fan of packaging our skills and Mm -hmm. building online offers because this allows us complete freedom geographical freedom profitability freedom to scale on our own terms and to not be restricted to anything really you know so the first thing that i would encourage someone like that is how can you transition from what you are doing right now into some sort of an online delivery so do you have some experiences based on all of the things you've done creating your records and all of this do you have some transferable skills that you think people would want to pay to access online? Can you deliver this online in some sort of teaching or coaching or consulting capacity where people would come to you because they want to know how you've achieved all of these things, building a record label, managing artists? You know, Can you now package what you have done through in-person work into some sort of an online program? That's the first question, yeah. right? And then the second question is, The answer is not more. The answer is not try to break into all these different things and do all these different things. The answer is actually less. How can you get the results that you want in less amount of time 
and in less amount of effort. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we tend to think that hustling is all about working harder in order to reach our goals. And I've learned throughout my own burnout and all of the years that I've spent working hard and not seeing the results that I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. I've recognized and I've realized that the solution is actually doing less, looking for opportunities to simplify. It's about elevating your perspective around all the things you're doing and asking yourself, which of these things are truly going to get me to my next goal? Mm -hmm. And which of these I might just keep going with it because they're comfortable, because they provide me some sort of a stability, but they're not really what I want to do. And they're actually holding me back. Yeah. Right. And these are very difficult conversations. And sometimes we have to make radical decisions and let go of things that we never thought we would let go of. Right. Yeah. So that would be my first kind of reflection. It's like, let's take a step out mm. and let's look at what you really need to be doing to reach your goals. And it usually involves doing less, not more. Yeah. Um, that 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 comfortable thing that people can really get uh, settled into that, right? Like they could really, you know, even though they're not they're they're running themselves ragged, but they know that this is a income, and so they're going to sort of stick to it. And so, uh, how how do you how do you break those those habits? I mean, because it is sort of a habit, especially if you're hardworking or you're very you know motivated. Uh, how do you how do you break these habits? How did you break those habits? Absolutely. Well, first of all, necessity is the mother of innovation. And mm -hmm. we are now in a moment in history facing, you know, incredible downturns in the economy mm. that we have to either innovate or die. Really, you yeah. know, this is the way it is. Yeah. So when we are comfortable there is a danger to staying what I call stagnation station. Like we're comfortable <laughs> yeah. in our discomfort. Right. Sometimes being comfortable is the most dangerous place to be because we won't take action. We will most likely take action when things start getting real, right. <laughs> when we start really having the necessity. I mean, I haven't ever done anything in my life just because I was adventurous. It was always out of a necessity. You know, mm. I graduated from my doctoral degree and my husband and I were like, now what do we do with these doctoral degrees? There's no jobs. Well, we have to build a business then. Let's create our music school. Then we created our school, right? After that, I reached a plateau where I was wanting to expand and I decided, you know what? I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and I'm going to apply for our university job, see what happens. And I got the job that we had to move to Texas and leave our school in Florida. And we had to make the school survive in our absence because we had no other choice. Right. And then last year, after building my online coaching program while still having a full-time job, I started to get very burned out because it was too much on my plate. So I had to make the choice of letting go of my full-time job so that I can go all in in my business and really let it thrive to where I knew I could take it. Yeah. But it required this willingness to say, I'm just going to jump cliff, right? right? So there needs to be something that motivates you to jump cliff. If you don't have that, you're not going to make the bold choices because entrepreneurship is a leap of faith yeah. every step of the way, right? And so there, are, it's about looking at what are the real motivations for you to want to make that change. And if you don't have a real motivation, if there's not, if there's something that that you you should generally have something that you really want to change in your life that you're not happy with, or if you feel you're okay, ask yourself this question: What if you were in the exact same place a year from now? How would that feel? Mm. Or five years from now? And if the answer is still, well, that would feel fine, then you're good. Like I would say more power to you, no worries. But if your answer is, oh no, I don't want to be in the same place a year from now. No way. I mean, I'm not bad, but I definitely want to be at a different place. I know I want to evolve. Then that's a sign that you need to take action now and you don't want to stay comfortable. Yeah. 
Yeah, that risk thing. There, people are so afraid of risk, and, and you know, because because again, you get comfortable, and it's like, why? You know, why do that? And I think you make a great point: is that if you don't have that motivation to take that risk, then that it's probably not going to work out in your in your favor. What do you, Harbinger? Hey, thank you so much, Moving Dutchman. Thank you so much for gifting Harbinger a a, a gifted sub. My, thank you so much, my friend. I, I really appreciate that. Um, oh, oh, nice, seventy five subs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, Harbinger, you know what? A, a, a lady or a girlfriend will definitely motivate one to, to do stuff, right? But but getting back to sort of this risk, um, you know, uh, what, what do you say to people who are working that day job who do, you know, who are, is depending on that paycheck and they have a family and they have, you know, all, you know, a mortgage and all these things sort of, uh, that they're, that they're bogged down with and, and they still have the, you know, they have this dream of doing this thing or, or it's, it's just launching off or, you know, maybe they've had it around for a few years, but they still have this income they have to rely on to support their family. Um, wh- how, what do you say to someone who is uh, in that position uh, when you say you got to take this risk and they're looking at what the loss, you know, what, what, what they have to lose and they're just sort of like, I don't know if I could take that risk. I mean, wh- what would you say to them? Yeah. And it's a very common situation to be in. Right. right? And yeah. I totally relate to that because I, I was in the same state last year. Yeah. And what I would have to say is there's no rush. Right. There's no rush for you to do something that doesn't feel right. This is a very intuitive process as well, meaning sometimes we have to follow our gut, you know, and if you're doing something and you're building something on the side of your day job. Right. Mm. And you're excited about what you're feeling and you're seeing some small wins that are happening with a little bit of time you're spending on it. And you're starting to see the projection for you to create more financial prosperity through that, which is what happened to me. In one launch, I exceeded my year-long salary 120%. So you need to start having some strategies that allow you to develop some confidence that what you're building is a viable product Mm -hmm. and that people are going to want it and that you're going to be, you know, in demand, that that, that what you're creating has the potential for succeeding. There's always going to be a moment in that gap where you want to make sure that you get some proof of concept, right? So I think there's no rush for you to think you need to quit your day job the minute you start building a business. I took a year and a half before I quit my day job. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's totally possible to build a business on the side of a full-time job. The question is, when do you decide when it's okay to jump? And that's something that it's, I can't ever say that all the jumps that I've done in my career, I felt safe. It's always been a decision of, do I want to give myself that chance? Mm to succeed or to fail, no guarantee either way, but do I want to give myself that chance? And it comes, I really think it comes to a matter of self-love and self-belief, right? You have to be able to give yourself that yes. And the problem is many times when we are in these critical decision-making moments, our past mistakes don't haunt us. Our past failures come to haunt us. And they're trying to suck us into the safe zone and keep us safe and keep us in that stagnation station saying, don't do this because you tried something else before and it didn't work. So it's about being able to tune out those voices from the past and really come into who you are in that moment 
and the vision that you have for what you want to build and your values. A lot of the times the lives that we have are in not alignment with our values, meaning we don't have time to take care of ourselves. We don't have time to be with our families. We end up being incredibly burned out by other people's demands in these types of work environments and we're not making enough money. So then you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is it really worth me settling and staying in my comfort zone just because of the fear of potentially failing in another environment? And ask yourself, what's the true price that I'm paying just by staying the course? And if you look at it over the course of a lifetime, there's a cost to staying put. There's a cost that you're going to pay and there's going to be sacrifices. So you might as well sacrifice and have, you know, have the life, create the life that you really want, because either way, there's potentially ups and downs, you know, and just because you stay in your, in your safe lane doesn't mean you're going to be happy with the life you create. And the worst thing you can do is spend 10, 20, 30 years in a life only to say, what if I would have said yes to myself? And what if I would have given myself the opportunity to succeed? You know, I may have had some failures, but at least I was on a journey that I was defining my life versus just someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that that I mean that's great. I mean I love that you sort of brought it back into the to to the introspection as well. Um, that that you're sort of um, uh, bringing in this idea that you you not only have to believe in your product, but you have to believe in yourself, and that and and you have to find love within yourself, and and that is going to be the core of what you are building upon. Um, that that's so awesome. I, I really do. I really do love that, that that's part of how you speak to people, because there are so many people who sort of get in this rut, you know, and they just sort of go to work every day and they're miserable and they have their dreams on the back burners. And maybe they're trying a little bit, but, you know, maybe they didn't put enough time into it. And like you said, 30 years later, they're just wondering what the hell happened to me. And so, um, you know, you how what would you suggest to people who are sort of stuck in that rut and and who who ha- do have a hard time sort of believing in what they do and believing in themselves and finding you know love for themselves i would say the the best thing is to surround yourself by environments that uplift you hmm. this is not a journey to be taken alone you know this is a journey self development entrepreneurship is a journey where we need to always seek support Seek help, seek environments that lift you up, seek relationships that lift you up, seek mentorship, look at others and see how you can follow in paths that have already been taken so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. A lot of the times the fear and uncertainty comes from not knowing, right? Not knowing what it's going to happen or not knowing how to do the things. And in this day and age, there's no reason not to know. There's so much information. There's so many people who are already doing the things you want to do, that all you have to do is look outside of yourself and reach out for help. Now, I tell this to all my clients, one of the most important characteristics that allows my clients to succeed in the work that I do with them is precisely that they are willing to get help, Mm -hmm. not just from a mentor like me, but to get help from team members, to hire an assistant, to take things off their plate, to eventually increase their team, to invest in surrounding themselves by people who are doing the same things that they're doing and on this journey of growth as well. So that also the rising tide raises all ships, right? That's an attitude. Entrepreneurship and building your business is not just about marketing and tactics. 
It's about a philosophy of life. It's about a desire to create your life on your terms and to not give up on your dreams. And so once you start embracing that mindset of like, I'm going to create this life in alignment with my values. I want to have time with my kids. I want to put my family first. I want to take care of myself. I don't want to have to be eating in the car or always jump running around. I want to have time to make my own meals. I want to have freedom to be able to travel whenever I want, not when I have to ask my boss for permission. I want to do live my life on my own terms and hold myself accountable for the outcomes, for the good ones and for the bad ones. And the buck stops with me. It's about taking total and complete ownership of our life and our outcome and being willing to say, this may work out and I also may have you know some low moments but I'm willing to give it a try because I, I believe that I deserve to have the best life possible, right? So I think it, it's about embracing that perspective and then reminding ourselves, not just because we're doing this on our own, but because we surround ourselves by other people who are also in that journey of growth, not just mentors, but colleagues, you know, the community aspect is also so very important. Yeah. Yeah, having people around you that you can rely on, depend on, trust, and 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 I mean that's huge. I mean, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying to Harbinger, Harbinger man is that uh, you know there's you know um, a a good partner is definitely great motivation, you know, uh, and someone you can rely on and trust. But again, that sort of has to come from within as well. I um I, I used to be I used to drink a lot. I drank too much. And um my wife was gave me an ultimatum where it was like, hey, you need to stop drinking or else we're gonna not be married anymore. And you know, I didn't want that. So I, I chose her. And what I found was as time progressed, you know, the sobriety was uh I at first it was for her, but then I found that it became for me. And then now it's like one of those things that I treasure the most that 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 was the turning point for me. That was a turning point for for me to sort of get out of this rut of sort of running away from, you know, the self-loathing and the and the insecurities and the and the and the, the depression and stuff. It's like not facing um, your I mean, my, my demons, you know, and, and it, so a partner will help, you know, in that. But. Uh, uh, eventually, at least, you have to find it within yourself. And if you don't have a partner, you know, it's, you know, it might be even harder, but you still have to find it within yourself. And I, I think that that's a, a, such a valuable thing and such a valuable thing to, to, to incorporate into your clients or people that you work with. Uh, hey guys, you guys can check out her website and everything by cl uh, clicking on the links that I'm dropping right now in chat. So, and if you're listening on the audio end, go into the the show notes and click on those links and and give Fabiana some love. Read over her website, go check it out. There's some really valuable stuff on there that she just puts on there for free too. So go and check it out. Um, so you were talking about burnout earlier. And um, I would love to hear, you know, I know you kind of went over it, but like, uh, what was your, and I'm sure you still get burned out. I mean, the, I mean the, owning your own business, which, you know, for the last seven years, I had been working for myself. Me and my wife had both been working for ourselves. And then this stupid pandemic came. And, you know, like I was saying, the gig sort of dried up and that was a good portion of my income. But again, I have different sources of income, so it wasn't horrible. But eventually, 
Uh, I did have to go get a day job and, and you know, whatever. It, it's fine for now, but it's not like my life or anything. Um, but, but you know, I do find myself getting to those points of, <laughs> of burning out because I am juggling so much. Um, but I, I'm just curious on how, um, you know, you handle that as an entrepreneur because, um, again, you know, this is, takes a lot of time and energy to even run your own website. I mean, it's a very elaborate website and you, you have, a, you know, a lot of awesome information on there. So how do you handle burnout now and, 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 and maybe compared to how maybe you handled burnout, um, you know, maybe a few years ago? Oh, that's such a great question. And I have changed so much (laughs) in how I handle burnout. And I'll tell you what has been the number one way that I now help myself avoid burnout, which has nothing to do with business, but it has everything to do with business, which is I take care of myself. Mm. I am taking my personal well-being and physical and emotional health as seriously as I take care of my business and everything else in my life, which didn't happen for the majority of my life, you know, (laughs) being in school, you know, I went to school for a long time, I got all sorts of degrees, (laughs) too many. And then (laughs) after that, started a music school and became a full time entrepreneur, then I became a mom, then I created a university program. Every single time in these different professional and life milestones, those were at the front, in terms of priority, Mm. right? What was always at the back burner was my own physical and emotional well-being. You know, I, I never really took care. I mean, I was mindful of my of my eating habits, but I wasn't really mindful of exercise and, and meditation and sleep. All those things are things that I'm now little by little trying to pay 100% attention to because I know that at this stage in my life, the only way my business will grow will depend on how I am feeling. And if I'm burned out, and I see this in the work with my clients, if we are burned out, no matter how much time we put in our business, if we're physically depleted, that energy will come through and people are not going to want to work with you. There will be this you know, dissonance in energy because you are not showing up in alignment with who you really are meant to be. So the way I prevent burnout, and I actually just did a session on that uh, in my recent masterclass, is by taking my health routines, my, my, uh, you know, daily habits, exercising, I try to really make walking a priority, I try to go every day out for a one hour walk, which, if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have said, that's like, who has the time to do that? I mean, I've got to be doing so many things. Of course, I multitask when I go on a walk. So I, I look at my calendar for the day, and I try to see where do I have a meeting that I can maybe just do it on the phone, like while I'm walking, right? So I don't just go out for a walk and just I wish I could do that. And maybe at some point I will, but I do force myself to not just, you know, sit on the computer all day and get work done because there's always more work that needs to be done, but to look for gaps and intentionally get myself out either to the gym or on a walk or, you know, meditation, sitting down on my instrument and practicing, making sure that I, I get my meals in and I don't just skip meals. That has been the newest way that I now help myself prevent burnout. But you know what? It came from a decision of loving myself, Hmm. loving myself enough to say, no matter how many things I have ahead of me in terms of goals and professional things that I'm trying to work on and business things, I am as important as my business. I am as important as the next professional goal that I'm trying to work out. And I need to love myself. And it doesn't matter 
Like I used to think of taking care of ourselves almost like an afterthought, like a luxury that we can do once we're done with all the work. And now I don't, you know? So I really believe that this is going to be the attitude that is going to shift and help me continue scaling. And it's going to also model for my family, for my clients. Everything we do in entrepreneurship is about modeling what we think others can do too. Not just preaching, but actually showing. So I I want to model what it is to live a life in alignment with our values. And I want to model that not just for myself and for my family, but for my clients. So it helps me stay accountable, actually. Mm. Being in business is a great way to stay accountable because I know that there's people looking up to me, right? That's people looking for my for my leadership. Yeah. So now for me, taking care of myself is the best way to prevent burnout. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I love that because, like, I mean, there was times, you know, where me being burned out it looks like I just stop everything and I'm just going to eat ice cream. <laughs> you know? It's like, and that's not productive. That doesn't get things done. Um, you know, last night I was sort of celebrating uh, something, so I just took it upon myself to eat a bunch of sugary stuff. And it was like granola cereal and, like, these like little popcorns that it's not so sweet. It, it was just like, it wasn't as much sugar as it could have been, but it was just enough to sort of set my next day up for, for me being anxious. And that, so it's like, it, you got to really take responsibility for what you're going to do because like I had this interview today. So it was like, um, you know, I, I should have been more cognizant of that. And, and, you know, like I haven't been, uh, eating as much sugar. I've been losing weight, which, you know, I love. I, I Over the pandemic, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, it, it didn't do me right. I'll tell you that. It didn't do me right. But, you know, I've been losing weight and taking care of better, taking better care of myself. And mm -hmm. it's really allowed my brain to function a lot better. And I know this about myself, but yet we still sort of fall back into these old habits. And we fall back into those old ruts where, where, where we find comfort and stuff. It's like, so how, how do you, how do you find, how do you stay out of sort of falling out of those ruts and out of those cycles of, of you know, I mean, self-doubt or not take care of yourself or, or whatever it is for you. How do you sort of stay out of those cycles to stay? Uh, and, and you know what, everybody, you know, falls back into it once in a while. It, no one's perfect. You know, I'm not going to say, I, I'm sure you, you have your moments and stuff, but, but for the most part, you know, how do you, how do you stay out of those, those cycles? How do you break those cycles without falling back into them again? I wish I could tell you that I have this amazing willpower and yeah. that I just stick to things because I'm really strong. Yeah. That's not the case. Right. I'll tell you how I stick to things. I create accountability systems for myself. Mm. I find coaches. I find people that I need to respond to and report back to so that they help me stay accountable. It's really easy to show up and be accountable when it comes to work. Obviously, if you have an interview like today, you're going to show up. Mm -hmm. But maybe if you say, I need to go to the gym and you don't show up, nothing happens, yeah. right? So when we have things in our life that are important to us that we want to do, but we don't create accountability measures for it, meaning a way to report back to someone or to track or to log so that we can look back and see, unless it's something really important like showing up for your work, we're going to easily just cancel it whenever we want to because no, 
nothing's really going to happen. So for those types of things that you said in your life, whatever those goals are, whether it's going to sleep earlier, whether it's eating less sugar, whether it's exercising, whatever those goals that you are, you know, declaring that are priority, you need to create an accountability measure for that, whether it's finding a partner that can, you can check in and report back to on how you did, right. Or getting yourself a mentor that will give you the step-by-step direction or, Figuring out, you know, how can you keep this perhaps a daily log that you can check and every day take a look at that visual thing in your calendar to see whether or not there needs to be a way that you keep track and hold yourself responsible for this thing you want to do. Does that make sense? So, Absolutely. you know, for everything, you know, for, for, for everything you want results, you need to measure what gets measured gets improved. Mm. So if you know you have a tendency, let's say, to eat sweets and to, you know, eat these things that you know are not good for you, how can you now create a plan for, for, for healthy eating and not just say, okay, I'm going to start eating healthy, but actually determine what type of habits are you going to use? How are you going to keep track of those habits? How are you going to be able to look back to week after week and say, did these work? Did these not work? What should I do different? And usually these types of behaviors require outside support, right? They require an outside perspective. And so to look for that support, once again, we come back to this topic of seek support. Don't, don't put so much pressure on yourself to be super strong. Recognize that it is in our nature to be very flexible and inconsistent with the things that are only for ourselves. Yeah. Again, you're going to show up to this interview today because it's your work, mm. but you may still go and eat sweets after today's interview. You know what I mean? Because it's right. no one's going to see you, right? right? I mean, you may want to share tomorrow about it, but <laughs> like you may still go and eat sweets. But if you know that you're going to, you know, report back to, to someone and share what were your habits, what were your eating habits for the next week, because mm. that's something you're trying to fix, you better believe that you're going to take it more seriously because now you have someone waiting to listen. Right. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And even if, if, even if it's uh, something that you just write down and it's not necessarily even a person, right? Like it could be just, um, you know, some people, you know, especially on the internet, you find a lot of people who, um, you know, the internet is for lonely people, you know, as they say, um, you know, you find a lot of people who, um, who, only sort of isolate themselves or maybe they don't have anybody else and so maybe to to keep keep hold yourself accountable you're sort of tracking your 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 habits is, is that something that you would say you would track your habits maybe on an app I or... think there's no excuse not to find people around you I think mm. you can always even if it's just declaring on your social media yeah. post you know for the next 7 days I'm committing here to my community right? That I want to create a new habit and I'm going to share how that's going. And I think that's actually one of the best ways of building an audience. Actually, Mm. when we declare a journey that we're on, and this is what I tell all my clients, when they join my program, when they want to start building their musician's profit umbrella, all of a sudden they feel all this pressure to show up perfectly in the world and be all polished and ready. And I tell them that's BS. What you want is actually to tell people I'm on this journey. I want to achieve this goal. I want to build this program. I want to help people with this goal. And I want you all to see this evolution. I want you to see this journey and to see when things work out and, and how things are evolving and what are the different processes of me building this thing. And the same thing can happen with any goal that we set ourselves. If we are serious about achieving that goal, yes, of course, we can keep our own track and our, our own log, but it's never the same than knowing 
that you have an outside perspective, someone outside of you who's going to be supporting you, wanting to cheer you on, perhaps even giving you some suggestions and feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Trust me, if you're serious about wanting to achieve whatever result, that's the quickest and most, you know, likeliest way that you are going to get results. There's a reason why you haven't gotten results on your own until now. Mm -hmm. Even if you log things down on a piece of paper, that's better than not doing anything. But if you really want to change a habit and you want to get results, get someone in your world to participate, even if it's just as a listener or share it with your community. Declare that you are on this journey and be okay with being vulnerable. You know, be okay with embracing this because you know what? You may actually become a leader that can change other people's lives that want to do that and they're just too scared or they think they can't. They feel powerless. So again, it comes back to a perspective of empowerment. Mm. Give yourself that opportunity. Say yes to yourself and believe that you can do it, but surround yourself with the right environment and people who can help you achieve that result. No one does their things alone. The greatest athletes, the greatest actors, the greatest everything, the greatest musicians, they all have coaches, right? Why is that? Because this is a journey. And just because we are on a journey doesn't mean it's always upward or downward. It's full of ups and downs. So we need that environment. We need that support uh, and that opportunity to feel that it's not just up to us, that that people can help us get there too. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's absolutely uh, great. I, I love that you said there's no excuses for for that. It, it's, I I agree, and you know, I guess I guess when I said internet is for lonely people, is that that the people on the internet sometimes you know they 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 find communities, and this is how they this is how they communicate. This is how that they reach out to the outside world because maybe you know the the outside world. I don't want to call it the real world because this is real. This is just as real as anything else. This online community stuff is real. Um, and, and, and people don't like that. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it'll be like, you can perform for a real audience. And people are like, we're an audience. And they're online. You know, we're a real audience. We're real people. Hold on. So I kind of tried. I stopped saying that because, you know, it's, it's a bit offensive. I am not real. Okay, Morby. <laughs> All right. Harbinger <laughs> man. Harbinger man. Thank you so much for stopping by, buddy. It's great. It was great that you uh, came through <laughs> ghost noises. All right. All right. Woo. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, you know, so like people who are online do tend to find these communities that they can be a part of. And so they can, <laughs> okay, you guys, all right, calm down. Now they're all saying they're bots and they're, illusions okay <laughs> but but you know a, a lot of times the the people who do sort of exist online are a part of communities and they're a part of like i don't know discord communities or or I, god forbid facebook communities that they don't like facebook here on twitch just so you know nothing against facebook communities guys it's just this is twitch world <laughs> but but you know whatever the community is that you're building or that you're a part of um going out and sort of uh making yourself accountable to them uh it, it that that's great yeah that's absolutely a great idea because you know when when i heard you talking it's like I, I try to think of the people who feel like they don't have anybody, you know what I mean? And, 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 and we do, and we do have somebody. I mean, it, we, we're, we're getting that outlet somewhere, whether it's part of, you know, the Twitch community or, or Reddit community or, you know, whatever you want to talk, you know, whatever community it is, we all tend to sort of find ourselves in these communities. And the people who sort of isolate themselves completely, 
they tend to be need more help than just you know <laughs> than than just uh you know just a mentorship or, or no and i'm not saying mentorship they tend to need more help as in the mental side of things where they probably uh. need more help in general I, I work with the homeless and so um you know i find a lot of people there who genuinely don't have anyone you know what i mean and 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 i become that someone and that's what's so fulfilling about that job is that you do get to sort of um you do get to be that person for them. And so they'll be like, Hey, Mr. Mike, I, I, I got into, uh, I got an apartment. I'm going to move in on Tuesday. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we high five, we hug or whatever it is, you know, it's like, um, they, 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 they really don't have anybody else to talk to, or they really don't feel like to have some. And of course you have people who are very isolated from everyone else. And these are the folks who have real serious mental conditions that need more help than just what I can provide. Because obviously I'm just, you know, I'm just there and I, you can't serve 50,000, you know, 50 people at once or, you know, or some people just, you know, so far into themselves. Um, uh, but can I just say something, please, you please. know, what you do in this show and in this platform that you're building is an example of, that's why I was saying earlier, like you have so many skills and assets and, and buckets of expertise that could actually be profitable because mm-hmm. you could monetize your ability to create this platform. I mean, you have one of the top hundred, you know, podcasts, you've got over a million downloads that takes a unique skill set that takes a commitment to creating an audience that takes an, a dedication to sharing your message, to spreading your perspectives, to helping uplift others. And that in and of itself is a, is an example of there's no excuses. Like we have our computers, we have the internet, we have our phones, we can build community around us in any way that we can. Right. And so really, I mean, if you want to get support, if you want to have more accountability in your goals in order to reach them, because this is what I think, this is why I created that around me too. Right. Um, You have it on, like, it's about you deciding that there's no obstacles, right. And being okay with doing it your own way, whether it's through your phone, whether it's through a very cool live stream like this, or whether it's through just calling people on your phone, you know, and saying, hey, would you be willing to check in with me every week? I'm trying to, let's say, lose weight and I'm doing this and I really would love to have an accountability partner. Someone I can just show up and just share for five minutes, you know, what I did, how things went and help me stay on track. I want someone that I can share this journey with. Trust me, chances are you would be able to find people who, who love you, who support you. Uh, and who will hold who will hold you accountable to your goals? It's much easier that way than if you just beat yourself up. Oh, how did I go eat that ice cream? Shame on me. We tend to get ourselves in that place of mm-hmm. guilt, and we don't need to. You know, if we can, we can outsmart our tendencies and just say, "Let me find a way to commit to this that works for me for my schedule, and that allows to make this process fun." You think about this guy you mentioned who shared with you, "I just got an apartment." That's part of the incentive is this ability to be able to share when things progress. Mm. Good news. You know, I just lost 10 pounds last month because I started tracking my eating habits, which I never had done before. I was eating super healthy foods for the last 10 years, but I was eating three amounts at a time, three times the amount. You know Mm. what I mean? So the minute I started tracking the portions a little bit better and looking at the, the, the sizes and quantities, all of a sudden I lost 10 pounds, but 
what makes this the cherry on the cake is that I have someone to share that with, right? To say, hey, you know, I, I'm getting these results. Like, look, this is working, right? That is also part of the enjoyment. It's not just the results. It's the fact that you get to share it with people who care about you and who are like cheering you on. They're like, great, good job. Keep going. Yeah. We all need that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Robbie says that he's watching this while eating way too much. <laughs> <laughs> really inspiring. Really inspiring Robbie to go for it. Um, <laughs> Robbie is also a podcaster himself and an artist and, and he does a lot of different things as well. So, I, I, oh, wonderful! I'm glad that Robbie, you're here, buddy. I'm glad you can. I'm glad you can get so much out of this while you eat way too much. But, <laughs> but, but again, it's like um, I feel like you know having that, having that, uh, you know, having that meal or having that, uh, you know, that scoop of ice cream once in a while. Uh, you know, like uh, it's okay to sort of, you know break chain or break break the habit or whatever it is like i was celebrating last night but the problem is, is that i've been sort of uh eating sugar too much and, and i guess i forgot to mention that sugar sort of i know that sugar leads me down the road of anxiety and depression and all the horrible things which it does for a lot of people but for me in particular I just, if I get in this pattern of eating sugar, my gut biome wants to eat more sugar. Like your gut is connected to your head and your feeling, your overall feeling. And so like it, it definitely, when I woke up this morning, I definitely was in this place where I was like, and I actually did go to the gym today. I just guys, I want, you all, I want you all to know I did go to the gym. Uh, and so there, and also we're almost at 2 million downloads. So there you go. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> that Look sounded that. so boastful. And, and ugh, I'm sorry, everybody. I did. That's that a great thing to see. You see what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. You know, yeah. and this, this is one of your superpowers. You know, this is something that imagine if more musicians and more creatives knew how to build this type of a platform, mm. you know, one of the things that are is that often, you know, an underutilized skill is the ability to create an audience. And I see this happen so many times. Musicians and creatives build these great platforms, but they don't have a business to offer. They don't have a some sort of package, a program, a service to offer this audience, right? Hmm. And so for you, that's the challenge now. It's like, let's, you know, the next step for someone like you, as you were sharing before, is how do I now look at opportunities to serve this audience even greater than how I already serve? Because you're already providing an incredible service through this platform, through this podcast, through all the work you do. But there's always an opportunity to serve at a greater capacity, right? Mm -hmm. And building a, your online brand and leveraging that. Uh, and for anyone who has their own you know, audience or podcast, that is the low-hanging fruit. It's like if you have eyeballs, if you have people who come to you who look up to you, who trust you, who listen to you, then you have the perfect opportunity to really package your skills in a way that can serve them at an even greater capacity. Yeah. Um, so when you're talking to someone about building audiences and stuff, um, and thank you guys for all the nice words in there. And I appreciate it. <laughs> Dutchman, thank you for those biddies. I No, no one wants to see me heave hoeing and sweating in the gym. <laughs> There's yeah. no way I'm doing a live stream from the gym. That that's that's me time. That's uh, that's sweaty time. That's that's like me trying to release all the Ugh, all the gunk that's in my head and my body out. So 
I, I just, I barely take pictures of myself going to the gym. Sometimes I will, because I, I think that is motivating when people, like you said, to, uh, you know, sometimes I'll just take a picture of the weights and be like, all right, it's time to hit the weights, you know? And this was at five in the morning. I just was awake. Oh, wow. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to lay here, not being able to go back to sleep. I'm going to go and take my, my, myself to the gym. I'm going to work out. And and that'll be that. And then and then so I did, you know. And it, it it's 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 hard to get yourself to that place, right? It's hard to strap on those shoes and know that you have to go put yourself through this rigorous, uh, rigorous activity of sweating and getting your heart rate up. But then you have to always keep in mind that afterwards there's this sort of there's this this huge benefit. You you feel better. Your anxiety is a little more relieved. You're, you're just your your whole mindset changes, especially when you do it first thing when you wake up. Uh, what do, do you what, when do you usually try to work out? How, I, I know you said you walk every day and you try to do stuff, but do you do rigorous workouts? Do you? Do yes. You, so um, I I have a, a trainer who puts a workout regimen for me, mm-hmm. and so I go three times a week to the gym and follow mm-hmm. the program you know that he's created for me. So I look at the app and it shows me specific. Uh, weightlifting exercises and things that he wants me to do. And I check the box each time I complete it. So I'm telling you, I'm very serious with the accountability part yeah, of it. Yeah. I need those box checked. <laughs> Literally, I, I have box that has boxes that I like to check mm. because it keeps me real. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I try to go three times a week to the gym uh, and to do some weightlifting. Uh, and I try to walk one hour a day every day. Um, in addition to the gym, I have a Peloton bike at home that I also use every once in a while. Um, and this isn't something that I've done all my life. As mm-hmm. I said, this is something that is more new, you know, that is I've just started taking it seriously yeah. because I believe that it's the secret to business success is self success and love, you know, loving ourselves and taking ourselves as seriously as we take our work. Yeah. Um, and so I'm committed to, you know, Starting in, in this age of my life, I really want to focus this much more than, and I encourage it, you know, and I think it also helps with my kids, you know, they mm. come to the gym with me on Saturdays and my oldest son, who's almost eight, Aww. sees me doing all this. He sees me taking care of myself, taking my own health seriously. That's not, there's no better lesson for him than to see me doing it. I can tell him you should exercise all your life. You should be careful with your body. He's not going to do it. Yeah. But if he sees me going to the gym and lifting weights and trying to take care of myself, he still outruns me. Like he, like if we race, he beats me. And I told him not for long, son, I'm going to beat you soon. <laughs> and we have that joke going on that, you know, my, I'm going to know when I'm getting myself really in shape, when I can really beat him, <laughs> you know? So we have that thing going on, which keeps it real. You know, mm-hmm. he's seeing that I, you know, I'm taking myself seriously and I'm, I'm trying to protect my body and, and protect my health so that I can be there for my family. But it starts with my own love first. Yeah. If I want to love my family, if I want to love my business, if I want to love my clients, I have to love myself first. And part of that love isn't just going to the gym and eating healthy. It's finding the support. It's getting yeah. myself in environments with people that uplift me is getting mentorship is getting accountability and, and helping myself do, do better than just expecting it to, for, for me to be strong and do it all on my own. Cause it's harder. It's hard that way. 
Yeah, no, yeah, healthy competition is good, Robbie. And and yeah, like I, I love what you said about that because my son will come to the gym with me too once in a while and he sees me going and heaving and hoeing and doing the stuff and he knows that I don't like it, but but um, he knows that it's a part of my routine because as soon as I mean it, it's become it's been part of my routine for you know years now. And so if I'm not doing that, it actually has such a negative impact on my own attitude, my own behavior, and and that's when I start reverting back into the old cycles, and, and you get comfortable with not going to the gym and not mm-hmm. pushing yourself, because I, I do feel like as humans, we do need to push ourselves physically and mentally um, at all times, because, you know, comfort is, is, is like... Uh, you know, when you retire, like when I retire, I don't want to just be watching television into senility, senility. I think that's the word. <laughs> I don't want to just be retired and, and just watching, you know, Judge Judy and, and, and Maury. I think both of those people are off of TV now. Wow, I'm aging myself really well here, but that's okay. Uh, I don't mind. But but still, you know, you know what I you know, what I, you understand what I'm saying is that, you know, you sort of drift into these modes of, of comfort. And that sort of leads to sort of these bad feelings, these, uh, again, 30 years down the line, you're like, what did I do with my life? And yeah. and then even if you've worked hard your whole life at a job that you hated and you you know, you finally get that time to retire, um, you and you watch TV and, and and you just drift into senility. I mean, like that just seems like the saddest story, but I feel like that's the a very common story. I feel like that is maybe one of the most common stories that that you know is affecting people especially in this country. Would you agree with that? You know, I'm actually very hopeful of mm. where we are in terms of that right mm. now. You may be familiar with this term called the great resignation. Yes, I I, I am. I, and actually- I believe we I mean that that I believe we are in a moment in history where people are actually more than ever wanting to take ownership of their life. Yeah. People are now realizing that no one is going to save them and that they have to take matters into their own hands and that it is up to them to make their life successful, even if it involves quitting their jobs. Right. That's what the great resignation Mm -hmm. is all about. There are more people today quitting their jobs and jumping into the entrepreneurial space than ever before. Why? Because people are now realizing that it is it is possible It does not require a huge barrier to entry to build an online business. There are opportunities to serve that were never as easily accessible as they are now due to the advent of the internet. And also as a result of people being so used to learning online, you know, even in music before the pandemic to teach music online was frowned upon. There were some people doing it, but most people would have said, well, you're going to teach me piano online. No way. I want to go to your house. I want you to come in person. That's, everything has shifted in that now musicians have a unique opportunity to serve online like never before. And it is widely established as the norm, in fact. Yes. So people are sensing these new opportunities and they're taking the leaps of faith. They are jumping off cliff. They are quitting their jobs because they realize that there are ways for them to create their own livelihoods and to own their outcomes and to own their lives. So I think we are now in a moment where this is actually shifting dramatically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, my wife was uh, lucky enough to have been teaching online since like 2015. And she's with this great uh, this great organization, which uh, they should just be a sponsor of the show. But it's TakeLessons.com, mm -hmm. which I'm actually on the platform as well, where I'm uploading videos, which are tutorial videos, which is just it's passive income. You know, like I actually have to keep uploading because I've sort of gotten off track just because life and stuff but but they have they they're expanding things to where you can become a teacher and and teach a group classes you can do one-on-ones and uh like again like like youtube you can upload tutorial videos where they pay like a really good rate for that so so these opportunities you're absolutely right these opportunities are expanding faster and faster what, what do you think sort of spawned this this great uh, resignation. What, what, in your opinion, what do you think started this? Well, I mean, I just feel that people have access to information, mm -hmm. like, you know, so much is now so easily accessible mm -hmm. and people can see the lives of entrepreneurs. They can see how people are creating their lives. They can see the lifestyles that they're able to, to build for themselves, starting from nothing. I mean, most of the self-made millionaires started from nothing. You know, mm -hmm. this isn't something that you're just like, oh, you know, you inherited all of this. People that are now creating real prosperity for themselves all started from zero. So they serve as an inspiration and a model. And now one of the most important things is that the more people grow, the more they want to help others grow and give back. And they're, it's almost like the, the satisfaction of creating their own wealth isn't enough unless they find a way to lift up others. You know what I mean? Mm. For the most part, I have seen that people that are creating the prosperity, that are being able to create rapid financial expansion, entrepreneurs, online thought leaders, go right back into teaching, into shaping it for others and transferring that knowledge and inspiration to others. So people are seeing this. They are seeing what is possible for creatives, for musicians. You know, my clients are come, are working with me and creating five and six figure breakthroughs in a matter of months, mm. you know, and this is information that is accessible now by packaging their skills, by being able to use their brand and the audience that they've built around them and do it strategically. So more and more musicians, you know, this is why I quit my job last year. I was part of the great resignation too. Yeah. It's because I see what people are able to do. I'm able to transfer it into my specific industry, what I knew as a musician and other people in other industries are doing it the same thing because at the same, if you think about it at the end of the day, the core business principles are proven and timeless and they work across all industries, right? Yeah. In terms of mindset, ownership, accountability, everything that I've been talking about, being intentional about living your life and making it happen versus just staying the course and staying safe. So this has now become like a movement that people are seeing as something real versus before it seemed like something that was selected for only a few people. Right. More and more we see that this is, this is real. And so I think the access to information and also the fact that institutions are struggling, you know, institutions are struggling in this day and age. They're struggling with their leadership. They're struggling to incentivize their employees in the right way. They're struggling to provide paths for growth within the organization. So many budget cuts, so many, you know, things that are happening uh, across the board in all sorts of institutions that when people are seeing all these other results that entrepreneurs are able to make, they want to take the entrepreneurial leap as well. Yeah. And so because of the online space, there's no barrier to entry. 
which is why we need to be strategic in packaging our skills and becoming a category of one so that we can stand out. Because the good thing is everyone can do it, but the bad thing is everyone can do it, right? <laughs> so we need to be very smart in how yes. we package it. We yeah. can't just do things carelessly and disorganized and chaotic because then we're going to be buried in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Of <laughs> uh, you know, when when um, when Napster came out and kind of started destroying the music industry, um, you know, like it, it it sort of opened this other door where you know it closed this door of you know these huge jets for people. You know, like you know, it was a very bloated industry, right? And and it still is to some extent. Um, but what it did do, it was it sort of took away the gatekeeper, right? And and then you had Apple iTunes come along. And then all of a sudden now everyone can be on this platform where you have, I mean, you don't have, it's not always an equal shot, but like you do have a shot of sort of getting noticed before. And, and, and it opened up the door for more uh, independent artists to sort of start making their own money. And then, uh, and then, you know, streaming and Spotify. And then, well, now Spotify is completely in bed with the the labels again and 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 you know they've mined about 26 billion dollars last year um which i think the artists only got like a very small percentage of that money so you so again we're kind of reverting back but i guess that's what happens in these situations i guess but but what it, it's still uh it's still a opportunity for people to get onto spotify and they can get into all these different platforms where all their music can be findable and searchable anywhere in the world at any time at any moment so it did sort of it closed one door but it opened up another door and it was very uh you know it was very beneficial for a lot of people and um i don't know i i think that uh you know this great resignation you know people are seeing these these different doors opening and closing and they're seeing sort of the way it was going you mentioned like you know we're, we're heading towards sort of an economic downturn where we're um we're, we're going to have to be self-reliant at some point. I mean, we have the president of the United States telling us blatantly that we're going to have food shortages, you know. So, I mean, it's a, it, it's a scary time. And, and I, I think that the pandemic sort of, um, it was like Napster, right, kind of blew the doors open on a lot of these different, uh, it, it opened a lot of people's eyes into what they can do for themselves. It, it opened up a lot of the hypocrisies and the cracks that are in the system that sort of keep us chained into this, uh, to this, this cycle of, you know, being dependent on, on somebody to you work for and show up from nine to five. You know, people are like now demanding, like, I'm not going back to the office. I'm going to yep. stay home. Like, yeah. what changed? Why is, what changed? I was getting my work done at home. You know what? You deal with it. I'm going to go do yeah. something else. <laughs> You know, so so it, yeah, I, I feel like the pandemic definitely was one of the factors that sort of, uh, sort of blew the doors down and and sort of inspired people to, um, to to sort of start taking things on their own, start taking responsibility yeah. for for themselves, and and not be so reliant on making other people money, uh, but to make themselves money. And uh, yeah, I, I, and and you seem to be, you know, like you said, you were part of that. Um, do you think that the pandemic had something to do with it as well? Oh, absolutely, mm. absolutely. Because all, I mean, you know, when I started this process of building my online business, it was actually before the pandemic, a mm -hmm. few months before, mm. and I just started it to kind of 
explore how I could serve beyond the university that I was teaching in because Mm -hmm. people kept coming to ask me questions on how to build a business and how to launch their careers. And I had been teaching for, you know, four years at that time, musicians, how to build their businesses. And I started wondering, you know, I wonder if this could also be helpful to people who are outside of my, you know, university. And I, I really, when the pandemic started, it became even more urgent, as you can imagine, you know, a lot of musicians were like scrambling. Now, what do I do? But like, and so I didn't, I didn't expect it to really take off in the way it did. You know, I just started kind of tipping my toes because I had a full-time job. Right. 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 And it just kind of blew up, you know, because all of a sudden this is happening. There's so many musicians, you know, who are just, their entire livelihoods have been completely wiped out. Mm. And I recognize this is more needed now than ever. And I need to step up and really go all in. Yeah. So I did. And I, I started working, you know, in, in a full capacity. And at the beginning, it was great. But at the same time, I recognized, you know, even though I was able to go from zero to six figures in six months while keeping my full-time job, I started to get burned out. I started yeah. not to be able to take care of myself. I started feeling like I was just all for serving, <laughs> all for give, giving, all for doing for others. Right. And there was, there was... It was a candle that was like the flame was getting smaller and smaller. So I knew that I had to make a choice. I knew that I had to make a choice and I'm so glad that I did. And, you know, this is why I believe that we can all choose to love ourselves and love, love ourselves in many ways by taking care of ourselves, by honoring ourselves, by surrounding ourselves with people who lift us up, by getting the guidance and mentorship that we need when we need it. And by giving ourselves the opportunity to thrive, whether or not we know exactly what that's going to look like, but just saying, I'm going to say yes to myself. I am going to give myself a chance. And if I make mistakes, that's okay. But what will not be okay if, if, is if I stay in my safe zone and who knows, I can get fired next month. Nothing is a guarantee. Not because you stay in your job means you're going to be there forever. So many people got fired in the pandemic. Yeah. People that thought they had the stability for their for the rest of their lives, they knew, never thought they would lose their jobs. And so many people got fired. Yeah. So there is no safe route, as I like to say it. Yeah. You know, there is no safe route. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, that's sort of a great way to sort of uh, segue into like these online platforms, like such as Twitch, which has become another supplement of, of, of income. Uh, for me, but it, even for my wife as well, because she is also a singer-songwriter, and she's been able to, you know, turn it into like a, a great way to um, build a community. I mean, she has an awesome community. Um, a lot of people in here are part of her community as well, um, and and uh, it, it's become like a very, um, I don't know, like like before she started on Twitch, which the pandemic allowed us to sort of expand. Like I've had the podcast since 2015, I think. And I don't even know how long I've had the podcast anymore. But, uh, you know, like, but, but during the pandemic, I was able to very focus in, build the website, you know, really understand marketing, understand what it means to monetize a podcast, what it means to get sponsorships, what it means to, you know, to do all these things that are involved to turn this into a, a viable, uh, you know, source of income. Um, it, it's not where I want it to be, but that's okay because I'm building it and it's still going and it's still growing. And, and it, you know, like I said, we're almost at 2 million and that was less than a year 
So one, from when we hit a million to almost two million has been less than a year of downloads. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to be boastful here, but you know, I'm just trying to make it this example is like, I put in the work and I saw the results. Um, and so what I was saying with Raina and who's my wife and also my moderator here in chat is, um, she was able to take her Spotify listens. Um, she, she was able to, um, incorporate her community, um, uh, her Spotify listens grew exponentially before Twitch. She had, you know, less than a thousand listens. Now her, her Twitch is, or her Spotify is doing great. She received quarterly checks every, every quarter, which thank you guys. You, you know, you guys are the ones who support her and stuff. And, and, um, uh, uh, you know, just, just being able to build this community. She, she's the discord, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Discord, but that's another uh, online uh, social media. But it's very, very much more tailored to you as an artist rather than, you know, um, or not an artist. It could be anybody, but it's more tailored to you as the creator, as the content creator. And uh, it, it's very cool. It's a very cool um, social media platform that uh, that I'm, I really like. Uh, but it's been so essential in, in Twitch and and uh, and. Um, and the discord and then also with her take lessons like i said she's been teaching for a long time she's been able to sort of mix it all together so she'll have people from her twitch community coming over to take lessons and then people from take lessons are coming over so my wife has figured out how to sort of uh work it to where uh you know she's sort of she's consolidate cons con consolidate Jeez, Louise, she's sort of making it into a one community type of thing. So all of her, so everything is sort of flourishing from that. And um, she does put in a lot of hours and she is sort of running ragged on that. So maybe th this is something that she needs to do as well as the consolidate. That's the word, consolidate. <laughs> maybe she needs to consolidate even more. Me, I'm still trying to figure everything out and all the things I'm doing. And, and you know, it, it's just been... It's been really interesting, and I feel like the pandemic has sort of opened that door for us. Um, but but I really I really loved the idea of online platforms, and and during the pandemic, the, this show sort of shifted into sort of the um, let's talk to musicians who's going through this. Let's try to figure out different revenue sources for musicians. Let's try to like you know I was talking to people in Spain at the height of of the height of the pandemic over there. And, you know, he, he was very graphic, you know, he's talking about, you know, bodies being taken out in truckloads and stuff. It was a very scary situation, but I was able to c connect with somebody over there and, and sort of, you know, shed light on things and then and, and sort of go into how he's sort of making money and how he's sort of looking at uh, monetizing his skills. And, and, and down the line, as the as the pandemic progressed, we were able to sort of figure out this this thing together you know like what are we as musicians going to do and twitch was one of those things that was really awesome that was uh that really allowed a lot of people to have an income and 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 grow an income so i'm just curious on what your thoughts are on these sort of online streaming platforms i mean now tiktok you can stream on tiktok and make money off tiktok I mean, YouTube is something. There's just so many. Uh, there's just so many different ones. I, I don't know how much you've looked into it, but I would love your your take on it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I'm a believer in creating your own platform, mm -hmm. meaning not relying on an external platform because it's, yeah. it's scary. Yeah, it's you're scary. right. You're right. You you're know, right. if you 
you know, from the moment that I started creating my own content mm -hmm. on these different platforms, Facebook, YouTube, etc., Instagram, I always remember that, and I've always been coaching this to, even while I was a university professor mm -hmm. to my students, don't, don't rent someone's land and put all your property there. That's that's great. You need to be very strategic hmm. in, yes, you could use these free platforms and try to monetize them to the best of your ability, but you need to own your own place. Meaning have your own website with your own data, with your own content. You know, when I started creating content, everything that I would put on Facebook or anything, my team was instructed to download it and put it on my own website. So if you go to my website, there's a resources tab where there's so many videos and those are the ones that I've compiled. And actually my team has to keep up with, cause you know, I, I, I seem to be doing more and more each time, but all of my podcast interviews are there. All of my newspaper articles are there. All of the lives that I've done on Facebook, et cetera, are there. Everything that I create is there, you know, so that God forbid, you know, one of these platforms explodes or has a down or whatever, I still own that. And it's still available for me to use and, 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 and showcase and share. So that's the first thing is that yes to all of these platforms and finding ways to monetize them, but always make sure that you're either saving these things on your own Google Drive or putting them on your website or somewhere where you're not just dependent on the policies and the rules and the regulations and whether they decide one day all of a sudden they want to shut you down. It's a dangerous game to play to yeah. create everything into someone else's rented space. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And that's something we talk about a lot here is just whether it's, you know, online censorship or the idea of, I mean, you could be, you could say the wrong thing and you could be canceled yep. and you could be taken yep. off their platform or, you know, you could uh, th their their policies change Mm -hmm. like the weather so it's like you know things and change. the algorithms the algorithms change no control who gets to see what you're yes. sharing versus if you so i'm a fan in owning owning mm -hmm. your data so yeah having your own mailing list where you could always send out these things to your mailing list right right there is no better way to build an audience and to build an online presence and to build a brand than by owning this and avoiding third party as as the owners of your content you need mm -hmm. them as 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 avenues and you know vehicles for you to communicate with your audience but you should still own that so having your own texting community having your own email community uh you know having your content saved in your own google drive it's it takes time but it's worth it and yeah. once you create the systems and you just make it a habit that every time you build content you just automatically save it. It becomes a habit, just like going to the gym. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it make it a habit. It's a healthy habit. Don't depend. Don't put all your real estate in someone else's rented land. That that's no that that you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and Raina even said, uh, you know, uh, she said email list is king. <laughs> she said, and she's been building her email list since my god, like for like ten or eleven years now. And so it's really been expansive. And she really, you know, she has her newsletters that she sends out on that. And, and of course, you know, I see her doing it. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> of course I'm not doing it. Uh, but she's a little bit more on it than me. If you, if you couldn't tell, uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that. Uh, that aspect is like, don't, don't put, uh, don't rent land on someone else's. What was it? Can you say that again? I don't know what I said. No, you said don't, don't rely on someone's rented land or something. Yes, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Texting community. If you're gonna find a Dr. Fabiana Discord server soon, 
<laughs> yeah, maybe you never know. But uh, like she says, she has her her resources page here where she puts all of her stuff. That's all of her content. So, you know, just looking through her stuff here, you know, she's putting she's putting a lot of time into all this stuff. And and like you're saying, it, it becomes a habit. It becomes a habit to sort of just. I mean, like I have my routine, like you, like we were talking about, I think before the show, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I was so surprised on how, how quickly you're able to get all that stuff up online and get the word out and stuff is because it's become sort of the second nature to me. It's like where I, I know how to do it. I do it well. And I, I just, I just automatically do it. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, I, I just love that. I love that you've done that. And you're, again, you're, her website has so much like valuable information on it. You guys should definitely go out and check this out. Yeah, I have a, a special gift to offer your audience if you oh, want great. me to share a little bit more about that. So I'd love that. one of the things that musicians struggle with the most is the opportunity to learn how to package their skills into a united brand, right? Mm -hmm. Everything I've been talking about. It's like it may seem challenging. There's so many parts and moving elements and how do I actually package it all cohesively so I've actually created a, a free 90 minute training that walks you through how to build your own musician's profit umbrella on a single sheet of paper meaning making it the most concise the most consolidated way walking you through the 10 steps that are going to help you figure out what are the elements that you need to put in order in order to kind of put it all together and have a united identity so it's right there on the home page that one at the bottom that says the musician's profit umbrella get mm -hmm. access now. Okay. If you go there, you can uh, put your name and email and you'll have access to the training. Uh, and you can, you know, ask me any questions, anything that you want, you know, you sign up for it and, and you'll get the free training. It also has a PDF that walks you through exactly how to fill that out. So I encourage anyone who wants to uh, have access to that training Go to my website, fabianaclore.com forward slash gift. That's Fabiana and Clore is C-L-A-U-R-E. So you could also look at the show notes if you don't know how to spell it, but <laughs> fabianaclore.com forward slash gift. It'll take you straight to that uh, free gift. And, and it's also there on my homepage. But if you want to check it out, you can sign up for it and hopefully it will help your followers get a sense of what could be possible for them and how they can package their own skills uh, and build their own musician's profit umbrella. Yeah. And and I also dropped that in the chat. So if you guys want to go right to it with the gift, or you can go to her website and it's right here uh, on her on her on her landing page. So you guys can go ahead and get in there and 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 get her done. Go do it. Go, go, go see what your potential is to unlock and see how far you can take it. And that's um, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. Uh free code. No, calm down, moving Dutchman. <laughs> um all right, let me get back over here. Oh, that's not it. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was seeing, um, you know, I, I'm just curious on, like, who is some of your inspiration? Um, I don't know, maybe some books that you've read over the years or that sort of led you to where you're at now. Oh, so many. I, I mean, bet. if I just turn around, I see I know, library. I see. <laughs> there's so many books that have brought me to where I am right now and I continue reading you know what I've discovered recently mm. it's like the funniest thing my husband just is cracking up all the time there's this app called speechify that reads the books for you out loud yeah I mean we all know audible right that mm -hmm. is like audio books that's cool yeah. but the speechify thing takes it to a whole new level because there's some books that are not on audible that you just have the pdfs 
Right. You know, you can put them into this app and it'll literally read and you can choose the speed that you want it to, to be read to you. Uh, and you can actually go through books pretty quickly, you mm-hmm. know, in like an hour, an hour and a half, you can read a whole book uh, or have that read to you. Right. So that's my latest hack. But I would say some of the books that have kind of shaped my perspective around all of this. First of all, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is a classic. Think and Grow Rich has consolidated a lot of the things that I had learned in other books and in other experiences throughout my life. And I read that book not that long ago, but I really feel like it encompasses some of the most important principles of people who are able to build the financial prosperity that they want. It went through, it's the story of uh, having researched, I think, 500 case studies over 20 years. Napoleon Hill uh, learned with uh, Andrew Carnegie you know, in the early 20th century, Mm -hmm. what were some of the wealth creating principles that allowed him to build his fortune? And Andrew Carnegie told him, listen, I want you to, to, to apply these and to flesh these out by studying other people as well and seeing how all of these 500 case studies were able to achieve wealth. So the book is a compilation of 20 years of research of what are the things that people have done to achieve financial abundance. And it encompasses principles that are related to business, but not only to business, also to lifestyle, you know, and to mindset and to behaviors. And one of the things that was reassuring to me when I read it was the fact that Napoleon Hill says that one of the things that has allowed all of these people, you know, from Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, all the people that are mentioned in the book to succeed is that they burned the bridges behind them. Hmm. meaning they didn't give themselves a way out when they were all in, they went all in and they had to succeed because they had no other choice. And that was one of the things that I was like, Oh, wow. You know, that's so inspiring because sometimes we feel that we need to keep our safety net. And that's actually something that based on what Napoleon Hill shares in his book that holds us back more than it does help us out, you know? So if it serves as inspiration to anyone who's like, Oh gosh, but I'm terrified about burning my bridge. You know, I, should I jump? It's like, if you read that book, you'll feel a lot better about taking the leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's a really interesting um, concept is just like, put yourself in that situation where you have to, it's like sink or swim, friend. Um, it, uh, it, in my experience, I, I ended up getting fired from my job and we just had a baby and we were living in Southern California, three blocks from the beach. So like, you know, uh, if anybody knows anything about Southern California is that uh, living that close to the ocean is very costly. And so yeah. we really, uh, I ended up getting fired from my own stupid mistakes. I mean, being overworked and, and we were in the process of building our business then and which are which the business has shifted, you know, over the years. Uh, but it, it we were building our business, but it wasn't yet to where we could like go all in on it. And so when I come home, having to tell my family and my newborn baby, who he was just pooping his pants, he probably didn't even know what was going on. But still, it was like I that that's like the worst thing to have to do is come home and tell your family that you're fired and rent's due in two weeks. So it's like yeah. What it did was it was it motivated both of us, me included, to really step it up. And we were able to sort of make it work. Uh, not sort of. We made it work because we had to. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, in those first weeks, a couple of weeks, it was tough. I mean, we had a yard sale. We were selling stuff. But, but 
um, we were able to come back the next month and I was, you know, like it pushed me into becoming more of a, 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 a working musician. Like I was really working and I, I was, you know, I, I had to, I had to go find some income and it, and it forced me uh, to pursue the things that I love doing uh, to make an income. And, and it really taught me a lot about what you just said is sort of burn the bridges behind you. And even though I didn't intend to, Yep. Um, you know, get fired, which, you know, whatever. But still, it was one of those situations where it was like, you know, um, to the cliff, take the leap, right? It's like, yep. I had yep. to, I sort of got pushed off the cliff because yep. <laughs> they you have, have to succeed, you know? Yeah. So I'm not saying it's, it's the, like, I understand it's scary, mm. but I also know that if we are serious about doing what we want to do and building what we want to create and really taking ownership of our life yeah. and our destiny, we need to try to have that mentality, yeah. you know, yeah. we need to have that mentality. Of like there is no plan B, like there is no plan B. This yeah. has to work. And when you show up like this, trust me, you are going to get the job done. You yeah. are going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. And, don't, and don't, I'm not saying everybody go get fired <laughs> from your jobs because yeah. Lord knows that's not the ideal way to, to do things. But, you know, sometimes people just need a little pushing. I'm that person. I'm that person that needs to be pushed a little bit because or else I get comfortable easily. I, I, I'll, I'll just eat and, you know, watch TikTok all day. And, and you know, like what what does that accomplish? And in 30 years, is that what I want? Or like you were saying, uh, this time next year, is that what I want to be doing? Is, is even fatter and, and like still scrolling mindlessly on this app? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a, uh, it's great. That's great. Uh, it's a great bit of advice there. But um, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to have this conversation with you and your community. I think too. these are important conversations and I hope that your audience feels uplifted and hopeful. And, you know, yeah. I have great, uh, great passion for helping creatives take ownership of their careers and not feel that they've chosen the wrong path or they should have gone into medical school or <laughs> law school to make money, but to really recognize that as musicians, as creatives, we all have a unique opportunity to build the life that we want, yeah. to be able to put our family first, to put ourselves first, to put our creative artistry first in the process of building a livelihood for ourselves. We don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm passionate about talking about these topics all day long. And I have a Facebook community called Musicians Creating Prosperity, where we are always showing up and sharing and adding value for free. So if any of your followers also wants to hang out in my free community, that's also a great place to check us out. Just look Musicians Creating Prosperity and you're welcome to join that community as well. Here, I'll just drop a link. Drop a link, incoming link. I, I I don't know how many people over here will go to your Facebook only because they hate Facebook so much here. But uh, well, that's I'm, fine. I'm dropping it anyways. I'm dropping it anyways just for just just in case anybody is interested, go and check it out. Um, you know, you kind of were hitting on something there when you were saying, uh, you know, uh, they you know, you, you went off and became a doctor because that's what your family wanted to do to do or something. There is sort of this stigma around becoming an artist. 
um, you know, and, and trying to make a life for yourself out of being an artist. You know, what are, what are some like what what would you say to people who are sort of facing these options in life and, and maybe facing the pressures of family or or society? Because, you know, what I've found over the years and it's getting better, I think. Uh, but me coming up, there was always my mom ringing in my head, which God bless her. She's amazing. My, my parents both were just I love them both. And they they did they did the best they could with the resources they had. And, um, you know, but she's always been like, um, you know, that, you know, go to college and, and make sure you get a career where you can have something to fall back on just in case music doesn't work. Or you have the different families, who, you know, I was a doctor, my father was a doctor and damn it, you're going to be a doctor too. You know, <laughs> and so, and, you know, what do you say to these young folks who are coming up who are looking down the barrel of, of a life in art, and, but are sort of being... Uh, whether societal pressures or family pressures of uh, being so coerced uh, to not follow that path. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can relate. My family, no one was musicians. I, I didn't have any musicians in my family. Wow. And um, when I was a teenager and I told my dad, you know, that I wanted to become a musician, he was not that excited about it either. He was <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, how do musicians even make money? Is that like, I'm not sure about this choice you're about to make, you mm -hmm. know? And I, I always remember really feeling in my heart that I loved music so much. I loved playing the piano. I loved being surrounded by musicians. I loved learning music, having mentors that would guide me into becoming better and better. I loved everything about being a musician. And at that tender age, I remember thinking, if I love this so much, I'm going to be okay because I'm always going to be willing to work as hard as I need to. And it's not going to feel like work. Yeah. You know, my passion is in it and therefore I am going to be successful. I have no idea how it's going to look uh, and what exactly I'm going to do. I just know that I have such passion for this activity that I'm bound to be successful because there's nothing else that I see right now that I would be able to dedicate that level of passion. And to this day, I feel the same way. You know, I am so grateful that I chose a path that I believed in and that I pursued it. And it has taken many different shapes and forms. But at the core of what I do is this love for, for what I'm doing. Therefore, that motivates me to, to work hard, to take, you know, to take leaps of faith, to, to, to give it my all. And I think in life, we should look for that thing that we can pour all our love for. And even if there may be other, other ways that we can, you know, build our careers and make money, if we're not satisfied if we're not loving that activity, if we feel that we're compromising just because we want to meet someone else's expectations sooner rather than later, it will backfire. It will backfire on us. Uh, either it can trans it can manifest in health issues. It can manifest in, you know, behaviors that are self-destructive. It can manifest in many different ways that we end up saying it wasn't worth it. Even if I was able to create money, it wasn't worth sacrificing my dreams, my passion, my love. Right. So it's about really valuing yourself. Once again, it comes back to self-love, giving yourself the chance to live a life of love and and fulfillment and satisfaction. You know, that's, I think, at the at the root of this decision. It's a decision. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, that I mean, that's great advice that. that yeah, that's beautiful. Um the uh, I, I noticed on your on your Instagram that you had a um, here is an oh angle gosh, most I'm people so have sorry, not. Everyone, I'm so sorry. Wow, 
That was terrible. I was going to click on your Instagram and, and show everyone, but I'm just going to stay away from Instagram right now. Uh, <laughs> well, I have something. Uh, I actually I actually do need to look it up because I want to get it right. So give me one second while I click and clack away here. Uh, all right. I'm so sorry, Amber. I am so sorry. That was awful in my ears, too. Ugh, I, I forget that people are listening on headphones, and it's not so pleasant when those types of things happen. My apologies, my friends. Off to me. No worries, Robbie. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Uh, okay, so it was the women in music. And I'm, yes. just, I'm just curious on, you know, um, you know, in my experience working with the ladies, um, uh, traveling with ladies, touring with ladies, you know, I've, I've noticed that sometimes that ladies, uh, like in outside of music, can sort of get ushered and pushed to the back and sort of oh, be overlooked. Not all of them, of course. There's 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 definitely exceptions to to what it's up to all of this, and I think it's getting better as as a society. We're getting much better at respecting one another, no matter what your gender is. Um, have you had experiences in which you were you felt like because of your because you're a woman that you've been uh, maybe overlooked or, or or pushed to the side or or, or ignored even? Yeah, so actually, you know, my work in women musician studies has actually come to mostly research the mm. life of women musicians who have built their businesses. Oh. So my interest in the women in music conversation doesn't come from me having to, oh. you know, having had experiences, anything in particular, uh, as it relates to not being given the right opportunities. I've actually been very fortunate and always been uplifted in the environments that I've worked with and surrounded myself by, I think, again, because of my belief in, in looking for the right environment, mm -hmm. I've always been very intentional in where I, 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 I put myself out there. Right. Yeah. And so thankfully I have always felt actually very uplifted, oh, but I have to say what my struggles have been, have been into balancing being a mother, yeah. especially a newborn, have newborn children, and while still keeping a, a business and keeping my artistry alive. And so my interest in women in music uh, really grew from trying to figure out how women do this. Like, yeah. it's really a lot to have a family, to have a career, to have an, a, a, you know, performing career. And so I started researching, you know, how do women balance it all? And how do women build music careers and build businesses and still have time for, for their family and for, for raising children and all of that. Uh, and so a couple of years ago, I was awarded a fellowship to be able to spend a full semester just researching how this, you know, how to get answers to this question. Wow. So I dug deep into the lives of three entrepreneurial concert pianists who were mothers and entrepreneurs in the 19th and 20th century in times where there were much more difficulties for women, where they were completely outcast by society, where they were facing many more hurdles that, than women do today. And 
yet they were still able to create prosperous careers in music, build their own entrepreneurial ventures and raise families and become the main breadwinners for their families mm -hmm. in the 19th and 20th century. So in that process, I created this lecture recital called Women as Musician Entrepreneurs. And I just I researched the lives of Clara Schumann, Teresa Carreño and Fanny Mendelssohn. And so I created this program where I performed their music. I learned their piano music, which was beautiful music that was oftentimes not not known because most of the composers that are uh, studied and performed, et cetera, and in classical music are male composers. Right. So I just decided I wanted to study the music from these women composers and then I started learning about their stories and, and how they were able to raise families and become the main breadwinners in the case of Clara Schumann and Teresa Carreño and travel throughout the world through all the continents by ship, right? Because in the early 20th century, that was the way yeah. uh, and still have a family. I mean, and I just was fascinated by what I discovered and some of the key principles that they used to be successful and how they translate into today. So I created this lecture recital that I was going to present in person in March of 2020. Oh, <laughs> And the two weeks before the recital, after the full six months of researching, I had it set up to present it in person. I collaborated with a filmmaker too. So the, 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 the program includes also uh, audio visual elements in addition to my notes and the and the music so it's like this multi-dimensional program and so when the pandemic hit everything got shut down and, and so in november i turned it into a virtual program oh. so i created it as a virtual lecture recital now uh and that and now it's available to view on demand on my website you can check it out it's right there on my website um and you can actually watch the whole program and see you know, what I learned in my research, what are some of the main entrepreneurial principles that allowed these women to succeed in a time where it was much more difficult than it is today, and how those translate into what we can learn, you know, and, and apply in today's world. So that's what I became really excited about, because at that time, I was actually about to have my second son with my full-time job and launching this business hmm. uh, and preparing for a concert that I needed to give. Yeah. So it just gave me the inspiration to no excuses, to take 100% ownership. And I had my second child and I, then I traveled. And then when he was five months old, we went to perform my first concert together. I took him with me um, and I performed this concert, you know, that I, that that was part of the program talking about the lives of women, musician entrepreneurs. Well, I was also in that stage of being an, a new mother again and having a business. So it was almost like a study of the parallels that I was going through in my own life, mm -hmm. you know, and like it happens in most cases when we're struggling with things, we want to learn and improve, and then we can show up and help others do the same. Yeah. What, what are some of the key tenets that you took away from your, the, the studies that you were doing? Yeah. So some of the key principles that I learned that these women had was, and first of all, an, a willingness to not compromise their artistry. They were 100% committed to being the best versions of themselves artistically and not feel that they just needed to do things for the money. They were committed to striving for perfection and excellence in their art as pianists and composers and letting that speak for their quality and their character. So they were 100% committed into really developing themselves to the full of their, to the most they could in their, in their musicianship. And also 
They believed in their potential to create opportunities for themselves. They created performance opportunities for themselves. They created um, income opportunities. And they were also able to say no where in a time where it was not okay to say no, you know, mm -hmm. they were able to say no and they would stand their ground. You know, Clara Schumann played a concert and then the, the organizers gave her a bouquet of flowers instead of paying for her, you know, instead of honoring <laughs> with an honorarium, just because they thought she was the, the wife of Robert Schumann, which was the star composer that they were hiring for this conservatory, this post that they were hiring. They just, and she wrote in the letters, you know, to Brahms and to all of her friends, you know, this is not okay. I did not, this is not, you know, and the time where it was like, you know, she was appointed at a position at, at, a, at a university and the director of the university said, even though she's a woman, I'm going to appoint her for this position where there were no women yeah. faculty members at that time. Right. And he would say, and he said, and and as, as it relates to Clara Schumann, I consider her a man. <laughs> you know, that was the excuse that he put to say, even though she's a woman, she's so good. We're going to put her in this position. She's going to become a faculty. Yeah. But for all purposes, I consider her a man. I mean, they had to put up with all of these narratives and these societal norms and yet they were so successful in making their life happen and provide for themselves and for their family. You know, Robert Schumann became crazy and he ended up, you know, in, in, a, in a, you know, he ended up very sick and mental illness was a big part of his life. Uh, and Clara Schumann had to take responsibility of her seven kids, wow. you know, uh, and doing it just by playing the piano wow. and teaching. So it was really inspiring to see how these women took 100% ownership of their lives when they had so many things coming against them, you know, in the time that they lived. Oh, that's, that's uh, incredible. Um, you know, and uh, we'll start wrapping up here because I'm sure you have plenty to do. Uh, but but the, 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 you kind of hit something that, that perked my ear is this idea of saying no. Um, uh, uh, was there ever a time where you struggled with saying no, where you were you felt like you had to put yourself out there all the way and, and maybe that was leading to some burnout, but, uh, and, and then how did you remedy that? I, I mean, I'm yeah, you just start it comes back no. to self-love. Yeah. It comes back to self-love. One of the hardest things is to learn to create boundaries in our lives, mm. you know, and our ability to love ourselves enough to be able to know when we have to create these boundaries as it relates to, you know, not taking environments or situations or relationships that are not productive in our lives, being able to remove ourselves from those situations, being able to let go of jobs, right? Being able to let go of, of, of relationships that are toxic. It comes back to self-love. Sometimes we put up with things and, you know, I know in my case, a big part of my self-love journey has consisted of taking care of myself, right? Mm. I've talked about that already in terms of setting the boundaries for me to be able to exercise, to, to sleep at normal times and not work until too late, mm. to be able to take the time to eat my meals and not just be scrambling and eating on the go all the time. For me, that's been my greatest journey of self-love and boundary creation is mm. to say, even though I, I would like to continue doing all these things and serving all these people and creating all these things, I have to be okay first. And so I'm have to gonna say no and step out of my computer and, and close my activities and stop these things in order to take out, go out for a walk, in order to, you know, do what I want to do. I had to learn to say no to relationships, to, to work environments that no longer served me, you know? Um, and so I think it comes down to you 
recognizing what are the things that you are not loving yourself enough and what do you need to do to protect that? And even if it involves having difficult conversations and creating boundaries, the one of the things that my clients have have used to help them say no is always come back to their artistry. One of the things I really advocate in the work I do is you want to make sure that you're fueling your artistic side in this process of building your business. It can't just be about the business. You need to be continuing to practice. You need to continue to create. You need to keep that artistry alive so that you have the inspiration to do all the business things that you need to do. Oftentimes when we go into business as musicians, we get consumed by just building our business, right? And we forget that we're artists first and foremost, and we need to infuse that. We need to nurture that. So that is also a way of self-love. And that also requires setting boundaries because you may not see the relationship directly with sitting at the piano and making money right away. However, if you're intentional in building a brand umbrella and weaving your artistry into your brand building steps and part of your business, there will always be a justification for you to sit and practice because your clients want to see what you do in your in your in your side as an artist, for example. You know, for you, you're a producer, you you do all these different things uh, and you perform different instruments. If you were to create something where you're coaching and mentoring people on building platforms and integrating all of this, you're still going to want to stay nourishing that side of you because you're a musician first and foremost. You can't stop doing that. So you're going to need to learn to create boundaries between the work you do in front of a computer and then when you go and you do your art. You know what I mean? So my clients will tell me, you know, I haven't been practicing for the last several years. And now in the work we're doing, I'm practicing and I'm feeling so excited to be able to have these difficult conversations, to call that client and set the boundary or discuss this thing that I was avoiding because I've it's almost like you come back to your charging zone. You know what I mean? We need something that fuels us to be able to take these bold steps, to set boundaries, to say no to things. So it's self-love once again. Fabiana, that is just beautiful. I've had such a lovely time chatting with you. I I thank you so much for your time. And again, folks, I'm going to drop her links in the chat. And of course, if you're listening online on audio, uh, please go and check out Fabiana's website and 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 get involved and and join the Facebook group and do all the cool things that we've been talking about on this podcast. I, uh, Fabiana, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure. Is there anything you want to leave us with? Well, thank you, Mike. No, first of all, I really appreciate your invitation to be on your wonderful platform. And I look forward to continuing these conversations. Again, I think we're all in this together. You know, no one is perfect. I certainly don't think I am. I, you know, you may see me featured in these places. It's like, oh, you know, you have these all these accomplishments. But I want you to know that I take my community and my my journey as a learning journey, I'm on this path too. And I struggle with these things too. This is why I'm so passionate about addressing them because these are real things. This is a real thing that everything we've been talking about are things that I'm dealing with and that I see my clients deal with. And I, we're all in this together. So I want you to feel that no matter where you are in this, you know, in your business development journey, in your career, in your personal development journey, you have the power to change your life. You have the power to change anything in your life. Don't feel that you are stuck with your circumstances, no matter how difficult they may seem. Don't feel that this is just part of your destiny or your genetics or whatever you want to look at it to feel that you just have to accept it. You can take ownership of your life 
we can create beautiful lives if we just discover that we have the power to do it and that our future is in our hands. Surround yourself by people who will lift you up. If you're not happy with your life right now, with any area of your life, take a good look at what's what are the different elements about your life. Ask yourself, what could you do to improve? Seek out for support, seek out mentorship, seek relationships, seek community. You're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. You know, and that's my main message is like, look for look for environments for people and for for circumstances that lift you up. Don't think you need to do it all on your own. Beautiful. Fabiana, everybody, give her a round of applause. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Dr. Fabiana, we really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your knowledge, information, and truths. Again, everybody, there's links in the show notes. Go and click on uh, FabianaClower.com, Clare, excuse me, uh, .com, and go get yourself the Musician's Profit Umbrella. It's a free 75-minute guide to packaging your skills into a profitable online music business. Uh, She wants to free up your time, exponentially increase your income, expand the impact of your work on a global scale, and of course, integrate your artistic side into your business so you no longer have to compromise passion for profit. Go get yourself some Dr. Fabiana. She is a fantastic talent and just a joy. I I really enjoyed that. I uh, everybody who was a part of the live stream, just I, I got so much great feedback from them. So I, I really, really hope you enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you uh, go out there and and seriously get involved. She she's she's she wants to help. She wants to help. So go and get some Dr. Fabiana in your life. Of course, you guys can catch the live stream on Twitch.tv/slash We Speak English Good. Come be a part of the show. It's a great time over there. Um, I, I just started a new job working at a old folks home, and um, it's uh, it's it's not bad. I, I I actually really like it. I'm switching over from the homeless shelter to the 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 kitchen. I'm working in a kitchen setting, so I I'm having a really great time over there. It, my first day was yesterday, so I don't know. I, I think I'm really gonna like this job. And, you know, I, I don't want this to be forever. I want to grow the podcast. I want to be, get back into the music scene and stuff. But uh, that stupid asshole pandemic took our job. So, um, you know, at least that's my excuse for now. <laughs> I've tried. I really have tried to get in some some uh, some bands and try to get some stuff going. But it just seems that there's uh, not really a huge market here in Ohio. So, uh, you know that them's the breaks but that's okay we got other avenues of income and of course we're doing the podcast the twitch stream we're editing videos we're doing all kinds of stuff and uh yeah that's where we're at i'm just giving you guys a quick update and uh that's it that's it let's that that's just the end all right guys be good to your fellow human beings hjs for everybody we'll be back on friday with comedian musician morgan J. all right friends have a great couple of days until I see you on Friday.